As we get back from what feels like a vacation, Williams has new owners. We give you the latest in the Racing Point novella, and we preview the race at one of the most storied tracks in F1 history. Let's jump to start. Hey guys, welcome in Jump to Start Racing Podcast. It is race week. Yes! I'm here with <laughs> I'm here with two of my closest friends. Yancy, say hello. Hi. <laughs> Ruben, how are you doing? What's going on, guys? Welcome back. Yes, sir. Uh, before we jump into the actual episode, I just want to make sure that we plug everything that we're doing, because I feel like I always forget. Uh, make sure to follow us on YouTube. Uh, it's Jump to Start Racing Podcast on YouTube. On Instagram and Twitter, it is at Jump Jump the Start F1. Uh, we're also on, you're listening to the podcast, but we're also on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeart, and Spotify. Everywhere! Exactly. Yes, sir. So in this episode, we'll be talking a bit of news. We'll talk about the Williams purchase, the Racing Point saga, a uh, couple rumors here and there, and of course the track news. And then from there, we'll get into the whole spa uh, race preview. You said we're going to the spa? Uh yes, hot tub time machine. We're going back. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so just to start off, uh, I guess the first news coming off of uh this week was Williams Racing, the classic constructor, was sold off to New York-based Doralton Capital for approximately one hundred and eighty million dollars. So they'll retain the name Williams Racing. The facility will still be in Grove. Claire Williams will still be in charge, but that's pretty much all we know. Ruben, I know this is your team. This is your favorite team. <laughs> Enlighten me on this uh, situation here. So, yeah, um, the, you know, the, this team has been in, in financial struggles for a while already. And obviously, this company came out of nowhere and just gave them a couple of bucks so they could, you know, help them out. But there's a lot of things behind, you know, Doriton Capital. Nobody knows. Did I say the name right? Doriton. 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 Okay. Not Dorito. Doriton. Not Dorito. No, no, not Doritos. So the company is uh, is based supposedly in New York, but it's it has some ties to Europe as well. So we don't know who's behind it. You know, if it's a rich person or a friend of Williams just trying to help him out. But there's a lot of speculations of where it could be either somebody just trying to help them out, the family, or Pretty much a rich guy that's wants to secure himself a future seat in F1. And also, there's another company that supposedly Doriton comes from. I believe it's BCE. And uh, if you if you put it, it's, you know, Bernard Charles Eccleston. And that could be the side partner that nobody knows about. The the uh, Crypt Keeper. Bernie exactly. Yep, yep, yep. So you you're go. trying to tell me Bernie Ecclestone's trying to creep his way back into F1? Hey, you never know. It's been already After a couple he of got years. Ousted. It's been already a couple of years. Probably his contract to be out at one already expired, the limitation and stuff like that. He might have a you know a foot back well, in. He has been a team owner before, so that's, that's how he got that's how he only F one. By first managing a team, owning a team, then offering all these guys from back in the days a way to own F one. Nobody wanted it and he went and 
his own way and and was able to to acquire you know with a couple of silent partners. Now he acquired Williams as a silent partner. <laughs> <laughs> so Williams Williams as a company, right? They uh, were I, I'm not sure how the business was set up, but Williams Engineering is still its own standalone entity. Right, and that that's what made up actually most of their, uh, the of the Williams family or the Williams whole company uh, profit that allowed them to continue racing. Uh, Williams itself was actually not that bad, you know, 2016, 2017 when Felipe Massa was in there, where Lance Stroll was finally actually his rookie year, and then they took a really bad turn and they just were out of money they they had the pay drivers of Lance Stroll and Sergey Sorotkin uh you know a few years back and it just you could say they actually have a pay driver this year with Nicholas Latifi as well they've been bad but they've gotten better recently does dispel doom and gloom i i just i'm i'm not sure what to think about this news 100% yet the it's not doom and gloom. I think it's positive. I think they have a very good team, but a good team can only do so much when you have, have a limited budget. Yeah. Yep. Um, as we can see how good Racing Point or before Racing, they would call Racing Point was Force India, was a decent team, a good team punching above his weight. But when you have financial issues, things start to crumble and then Lawrence Stroll comes in, invests a whole top, you know, buys a team, invests money, and you can see how good the team has become uh, recently. So Williams is a team that definitely has a lot of history in F1. They have a great engineering team. They have a good team overall. They just need money. And I think this would be that cash incent or like the cash injection that they need to maybe get over the hump and start fighting back in the midfield. Um, and maybe eventually with the new rule changes, start fighting up at the front, uh, which would be, which Ruben would be ecstatic. Let's, let's not forget they are the second the most successful team in F1. Nine constructors championships. They're right behind on the construction. They're right behind <laughs> Right Seven behind, drivers' championships. Right behind who? Ferrari. Okay. Wow, here we go. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Back to living in the past. So, yeah, I I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Like I said, it's nine constructors' championships, seven drivers' championships for the storied Williams. Uh, they were uh, Williams uh, Grand Prix Engineering. They were the leading ed of, edge of technology for a lot for many years. They they were the the front runners in terms of technology. Um, one of the rumored the rumors that I had read is that uh, somebody that was interested in purchasing Force India at the time that Lance Stroll came in is part of the consortium or the group that is involved with Doralton Capital. But we shall see. Don't tell me Whoa. it's Rich Energy. <laughs> rich Energy. Whoa. <laughs> no, no, no. It's a uh, a Russian billionaire, actually. But now, uh, is so we might have some rocket back. So you're saying that? <laughs> so you're saying that that Claire Williams is going to stay ahead of the team? Do you think that they can now be successful with a cash injection with Claire Williams at the head? 
because a lot of people were screaming for her to actually be ousted from that role. Look, you, something that- you can only be as good as the people around you, right? And we have seen and we've talked about how Mercedes has created not just, you know, the two drivers, whatever, but such a force in the uh, in the garage or in the factory to be able to do what they do and be as successful as they have been. Uh, the cash helps bring the talent in and it helps develop the talent you already have. So this is this could only be a positive step. Uh, I don't necessarily think that Claire Williams is is the problem. I mean, we saw not this year, but last year she had issues with uh, what was it, Patty Lowe? That uh, yes. that was a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that was on Patty Lowe. Patty Lowe didn't want to but, take any responsibility. Right, but that's my point. So it's somebody that's actually below. You know, there there is uh, responsibility that falls onto like the technical director and everybody else around around mm-hmm. the uh, team boss. Uh, we shall I see. think I think it falls out to cash. If they have the money to invest and you know to develop their team, I think they will have to look at for saying like you know look at racing. Yeah. That's they a big job. Have the, they definitely have the minds. Just, yes, you know, get some cash in there and see what they can do. Uh, one thing I wanted to bring up. This is it might sound weird, but Williams actually scored in Spa three years ago, 2017, they scored an eighth place with uh, Felipe Massa. The year before, also eighth place and a tenth place. So it's not like these guys are that far away from being competitive. Uh, I'm, I'm glad to see a cash injection. Hopefully things turn out much better than they have been recently. Uh, Renault and their protest of Racing Point, they have come around, finally. Uh, the FIA has already ruled that it was an illegal piece, but they're going to allow Racing Point to continue using it throughout the season. Uh, other teams had stepped away from the protest, but Renault you know, kept at it, the little engine that could, and they finally announced that they're dropping um, their, uh, their case. Uh, the FIA just needs to provide to them further rule clarification as far as copying goes, and they seem like they will be okay. Is there anything else to talk about with regards to this general hospital style freaking drama? Oh, I'm glad it's getting to the point that it looks like it's going to be over soon. I mean, it's a matter of time for Ferrari to drop their appeal. But remember, it's not over yet. It's not over yet. But it is not over yet, man. I, I, I think this is one of those uh, one of those episodes where there's a lull in the action as far as any drama. But then we're going to have one of those dun-dun-dun moments that comes again because Ferrari is not dropping the case until they get clarification on what can and cannot be done. And I feel that Ferrari has an axe to grind uh, considering the situation with their engine last year. Uh, they want to make sure that everything is clear as far what as far as what a team can and cannot do because obviously – the team's last season ganged up on Ferrari and they were forced to change their engine. Therefore, they were basically changed the competitive order. So, Listen, man, I, I hear what you're saying, but for you to say that the team's ganged up on Ferrari, if, if a team is cheating, they should gang up on them. Like, it's like the Astros. Yeah. Like, all yeah, their players are getting beaned by baseballs. It's because they my cheated. My point exactly. My point exactly, but... <laughs> The reason why why people are uh, the the teams were ganging up on racing points because they cheated, and then but the 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 
the punishment doesn't justify, you know, how far they've gone because they they just want to be clear what can you copy and what you can't. I think you know, that, I think that's, that's all why, it is. And and the why. and and the reason the reason why Reynolds dropped it is because they say they got they got a they they got promises from the FIA that next year this will not happen this way. They're not going to be allowed to do that. They're going to change the rules just to make sure that there are no, they, they can copy certain concepts, but they can't do a whole copy of a car. You know, they want to make sure that that is not that, that that can't happen again. The FIA wants to make sure that Renault wants to make sure that, and also, you know, it takes a lot of money and resources to fight an appeal, obviously Ferrari has money. Renault probably said, eh, you know what? Somebody else can fight that battle as long as we get reassurances that this can't happen again. I don't know. I think uh, the FIA, you know, the FIA, you know, we need clarity on that to make. Because remember, Renault had won three protests that they had. And to be the, the team that's out, I think Renault should be the team that will be last on the process aspect of it. Because remember, Racing Point believes they have done nothing wrong. So their side is still on, fighting it out. Well, so it, They believe they did, did nothing wrong because the FIA didn't clamp down at them at first. The, this whole situation is caused by the FIA and their lack of you know coming down and telling them that they can't do this at the beginning of the process. Yep. It's just a lack of clarity on the rules. The FIA has now been forced to to clarify any other regulations because they weren't clear in the beginning. Yeah. Um <laughs> we've talked about this thing so much that it's almost like it's like a sub opera, like you were saying. Yeah. <laughs> As the world turns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of that, the next the next soap opera that's gonna be happening is the whole qualifying mode, party mode engines for uh for qualifying uh, it was supposed the ban was supposed to start this week in Monza. It was pushed back. I'm sorry, this week in Spa. It was pushed back one week towards Monza because there needs to be further further testing just to make sure that FIA will be able to monitor it and that this thing is even possible. It's just it's just another technical directive in the middle of a season that's like, okay, why are we doing this? Why don't we think this out a little better? I, I don't know. I'm really losing a lot of faith with the FIA. Um, I don't know if you guys agree, Ruben, if you think I, I understand that they want to bring Mercedes back to the pack, but let's do a fully baked idea, not a half baked idea. Yeah, um in this in this little just everything that keeps happening, we we keep losing more and more faith on the FIA. So I believe down the road change will be coming to be have everything more clarified. When it comes to the to the party mode, qualifying modes. You know, this is probably going to bring the pack a little closer. I don't think it's going to do much. It's probably going to even help the top teams because they, by, you know, having like a level playing field when it comes to qualifying, they're also not overstretching their engine during qualifying. So that might, I think Hamilton said that they might get an extra like 20, light, 20 laps life out of the engines just by them not stretching the engine as much as they do now. Other than that, you know, I don't know. I mean, I want the engines to blow up and to be something interesting <laughs> <laughs> to make the racing interesting. That I mean, would be nice. <laughs> uh, 
this half-baked idea, yeah, it is a half-baked idea. This reminds me a lot of when they wanted to change the uh, regulations on the front wings to make it simpler because uh, it was too much aerodynamic wash so the cars couldn't follow. Guess what? The cars still can't follow. Um, and, and particularly Red Bull and Christian Horner was saying at that time, I think it was before 2018, um, they said, listen, let's wait till for the 20, it was supposed to be what, 2020, 20, this uh, 2021 rule changes uh, to do like a whole concept of a car to change the regulations. And the FIA still went ahead with it because they wanted to make the, the, the racing a little bit closer. Um, but that being said, this is the season to put half-baked ideas on the table right. to see what works or not. You're right. You know, just the same way they're doing the two-day test, uh, the the two-day the two the two-day uh, two weekend at uh, at Imola, uh, where you only have one one practice session qualifying, and then the next day the race. This is the season to do it. There's no other way to do it. So you might as well try it and see what sticks. You know, it's hard to to predict what's going to happen because these engineers on these teams are so good at just taking these rules and, you know, online and just finding any loophole to take advantage <laughs> of. Yeah. Dude, just see what sticks and see what will baffle the teams, man. Actually. Might as well try it. Why yeah, not? You know, you mentioned that, and I forgot to say up top, Doralton Capital is based in New York. I'm open to be hired by them if they if they're looking for anybody. I'm here. I'm available. Uh, I'm I'm I'll get, I'll work for free. Um, and also on on that no, one last thing, I, I think it, it's good that they're doing it now in the engine qualifying modes. You have uh, you have the race at Spa, obviously, which is a high speed track, and then the next race is at uh, Monza. So you can you can directly compare on two high speed tracks if. You can have a clearer picture if those engine qualifying modes, if they do take effect on Monza, do have an effect on any of the teams. So that's all. also something to uh, to watch for the next two weekends coming up. We'll see. I mean, you're right. This it's this season is very predictable in that Mercedes is running away with it. And then, yeah, so it's like whatever. Just do whatever you need to do. Yeah, but what's not different than last year? Well, maybe, maybe in the 2018 there was more of a competition because you had Ferrari. Well, I mean, last year Ferrari was cheating too, so let's not forget that. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, but you know what? At least the racing was interesting. <laughs> it's still interesting yeah. this year. But moving on, in um, other news, I guess the the biggest news of the of the week is uh, the FI confirmed that they will be adding the. Istanbul Grand Prix, the Turkish Grand Prix, to the calendar this year, making, I guess, the full comeback of all like the classic tracks that everybody wanted. This is like the dream year. Uh, and then from there, uh, so it'll be the Turkish Grand Prix on November 15th. Then it'll be Bahrain, uh, 11-29, November 29th. Uh, Bahrain again on uh, December 6th. And then Abu Dhabi on uh, December 13th. That'll cap off the season. And that confirms that it'll be a 17-race season. Um, so we already talked about the Turkish Grand Prix. It looks like a, the map looks like a dinosaur. We all agreed to that last week. Barney. Yes. Go Barney. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So it's either, it's either Barney or the tour. <laughs> I love you. You love me. <laughs> We're, uh, oh, 
it looks like an amazing track. Bahrain, it's, you know, it's been around and it's just a track. And Abu Dhabi is another one that we barely even pay attention to because at the end of the season, the, the constructors and the well, driver's championship are decided. But is there anything to add here that we didn't already talk about last week? What does Bahrain look like to you, Wilson? Uh, it looks, I think it's like, a, a, I don't have the map in front of me, but I think it's taco shape, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> How about you, Yancy? What do you think? Let me put up the map and see. But to me, it looks like a, like a misshaped boomerang. The, boomerang? The bar, the. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the weekends in Bahrain should be interesting. Bahrain always throws a book. Always race. good race. Great race stuff. And they're looking. I, I they haven't confirmed this, but the rumors are that they're looking to. I I I got, I got a misshaped boomerang. Come on, you can get more creative with, than that, bro. I think you can. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, maybe it looks like a, a wolf howling um, to the moon or something. The tail on the right side, the head on the left. I I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, Abu Dhabi looks I'm, like a, a gonna, gun, just I'm like gonna, Spa. I'm gonna have to. Yeah, I'm like I put out. So I would, so I would put, you know, an Uzi. I was would, I would saying, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So on in, in the Bahrain, they have another. They have more track layouts, and they're looking to use a different track layout. Actually, a faster one than this one, it's a shorter distance, but actually a faster one because they have like a part of like an oval where it's on an incline, and that track. So that if they do that for the second weekend, just like they change up the tire compounds for the second weekend at Silverstone. That'll throw up a different rate. So that should be, you know, be on the lookout for that to see what changes they'll make for the second race weekend on that one. But that race is always fun anyways. The, the Bahrain Grand Prix. Abu Dhabi, eh. Yeah. Abu Dhabi, nobody ever pays attention <laughs> yeah. to anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and, and the racing is not good there either. It's, this year won't change either. Kind of like there. Barcelona. This year won't change. Mercedes will land there already with a title in the Yeah. Hands. I mean, uh, I'm already paying to the midfield battles. That's what I want. That's, that's because, of course, your exactly. team is there. Beat me to it. <laughs> <laughs> no argument on that. Uh, yeah, I mean, whatever. There's been some memorable moments. Uh, the Nico Rosberg win at Abu Dhabi and I guess the donuts between Vettel, Hamilton, and Alonso. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, we have to talk about this because... I guess we have to, but the rumors are and have been that this is the week that Sebastian Vettel will be announced for Aston Martin. Um, I just don't see it happening at this point. Uh, just tossing it out there as that's been the rumor. I don't know if you guys have anything to add to that. The saga still continues. <laughs> There's nothing else to add. It's just, it's a, it's another chapter in the novella, and we'll see what happens. It's it either. It's either he he gets offered the job or he doesn't. Um, so we'll see what happens. I don't know. There's nothing really else to say. Yeah. There's, there's nothing else coming out of anybody's camp. So we'll see. Any other major news uh, prior to jumping into the race preview? Okay. So um, this week we're racing. It's called the uh, the Belgian Grand Prix. We're racing as Circuit Spa Francochamp. Uh it is one of one of the legendary tracks. We already talked about Silverstone and how it's got the named corners and all that. This is another one. It's got Eau Rouge, uh, Radion, uh, all. I don't even know all the names. It's 
bus stop chicane at the end right before the pit street. It's a whole bunch of different. Right. It's yeah, a great it track. It is a long, sprawling circuit in that it is, it's also in a forest. So there are different microclimates throughout the whole track. So it could be raining in one part of the track and clear on another part of the track. One of the features for this upcoming race is that it looks like it's going to be raining all freaking weekend long. So that is something that we're going to desperately need because the Mercedes-powered teams, in my opinion, are going to be looking to run away with it. Um, Hold on, it's going to be raining. My eyes just popped <laughs> up. Oh, for real? Yeah. Yes, he just woke up before the weekend. Woo! You know Let's why? Because now there's a chance for Leclerc. That's why he's saying it. There you go. Or Vettel. So I, I joke about that, but... Leclerc last year, that was actually his first win uh, in his career and his first win as a Ferrari driver. He actually qualified first as well. Uh, Shout out to Charlie. Uh, Prior to that, Sebastian Vettel had won in uh, 2018, I believe. Yeah, 2018. And then in 2017, Lewis Hamilton won, followed by uh, Sebastian Vettel. Um, History-wise, do you guys have anything else to add here? Ruben, I know you're a major history buff. Yeah, uh, F1 Grand Prix has been held here since 1983. Uh, in 03, it was not run. It was not running those three years between that, between 83 to now. 84, I couldn't find info why it wasn't run. 03 was because of a tobacco ban. They were not, they were one of the first track against the tobacco banning and stuff like that. 06, the organizers fought for bankruptcy in 05, so they had no money to help them. Yeah. yeah. They also hold uh, lots of other events like this. 24 hour spa, the World Endurance Championship races over there as well. Uh, also, 2019, we can't forget uh, the passing of Antoine and the Korea incident. Absolutely. Antoine, Antoine yeah. Hubert. Yes. Hubert. And uh, it's also been used for uh, for several other events. A couple of times it was used for the Tour de France cycling race to pass by it. Oh, really? Yeah. And Bottas has the record for the fastest lap in 2018. Wow. Yes, sir. I did a, I did a, I did a little, a little, a little. Yeah, you're the historian. <laughs> I think is that because I, I'm old? <laughs> if the if the if the weather if it doesn't rain, I think that record's gonna fall. This year. Yeah, it will this year. These tracks is, these, these cars are super fast. So this was wasn't this also the race that who was it? Somebody popped up. I think Alonso popped up. And landed on somebody's like halo or something like that. Uh, I think it was Charles Leclerc when he was in Alfa Romeo. It was Charles Leclerc yes. when he was mm-hmm. in his first season. That was actually the first year of the halo. That was everybody, the first year. Yeah. yeah, that was the first year of the halo. And everybody was up in arms like, oh, I hate the way these things look. There's no point. Until in that incident happened. Yeah. Until that incident happened. And now nobody knows this is the halo. Yeah. Um, and that was pretty scary if you guys see the slow motion. And I think they're. they're there might be a video of like a rec- like a 3D recreation of how the accident happened. Man, if that halo was not there, poor Charles. Yeah. Man. Well, thank God the halo. He was walked there. away with a shower of you know hydraulic. <laughs> That's all that happened. <laughs> well, yeah, I'd rather that than than know, death. Yeah. Not be- yeah, than death. I mean, it it's a fast track. It's pretty dangerous. Going up through Eau Rouge is probably one of the most iconic corners in the F1 calendar. Uh, Isn't that Radion actually? <laughs> <laughs> no, already on the corner afterwards. But now, Eau Rouge is, uh, you know, it's it's one of these turns that doesn't look like much, but it's 
like when you dip down and you, it, it dips down and then you're going up a hill, but you're going up that hill, you're blind to it. And you're going super fast because right now in these cars, before you used to have to lift off. Now these cars, you're flat out through there. So it looks like you're literally like you're 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 hitting it and you're heading straight into the mountain. And then you go off to the to the, yeah, right, to the right, then the left. Listen, a, you know, yeah, how, it's a crazy how, corner. You know how IndyCar has that double seater car, Nancy? Yeah. For this track, I would love F1 to have like a double seater car that way as well. I think I mean, F1 does have a double seater car wow. too. They should. Yeah, they, they should. They, they should bring have. that out more. <laughs> and yeah, offer people like you know how they have the the laps of the that, team offer and stuff like that with the car. Well, the hot laps was in the events. Imagine offering hot laps on a double seater F1. I, I believe that was that was part of that that was part of one of the F1 experience packages where you're a lot where you're able to drive with somebody in an F1 car. They built oh an F car years ago that has two seats. Oh my um, god! And I think even Ferrari has one too. I think Ferrari has a three seater. Oh, <laughs> the driver and then two seats in the back. Yes, it's getting me excited over here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I wonder how much it costs just to. Uh, it's worth it. Just Trust to. Me. It's worth. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Could be getting in an yeah, F one car and with whoever. I I don't. It could be Lance Stroll. I'm okay with it. Yeah. It doesn't matter who it is. It I'm okay <laughs> with it. Yeah. So my. Yeah. Hey. No, my favorite okay. turn is uh, Blanchemont leading into the final chicane. It is. It, it's like a. It's a flat out left hander. It's, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the onboards on that, but it is like you have the forest on the left, you have you're on the track, and it's just like, it's so pristine, and you just don't even. It, it's almost hard. It's hard to picture a car going that freaking fast in that scenery, but that's what we're doing. It doesn't seem like it's like a, the 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 scene doesn't seem like it's like a it's a racetrack. Oh, I want to go on a hike oh, over there. Yeah, that's nice. Like like yeah, go find yeah, Bambi exactly. or something. It's like oh man, the view must be <laughs> nice from up there. <laughs> Believe it or not, when I was um when I was searching for the history, the original original track that was built like in 1920, it is like Nurburgring style, like you know the, the green monster, like so big that way. And then in 1983, when uh, F1 started coming, they redid it. But the, the yeah, original really track that goes into the mountain is high. It's big. It's a lot like uh, in Germany at, uh, at the track in Germany. Um, the Hockenheim, yeah, where they they cut it down a lot. That's a nice, that's a great track too. We get a lot of good racing at Hockenheim. But um, the original track is a lot like the Lernberg Ring. It goes off into the mountains. Yes. It's a big track and it's a windy road coming back down. But obviously they're not going to have that now for F1 cars. But, well, so your comment on, on that turn? Danny Rick agrees with you as well. He says that that's you know one of the best turns, so he could you know to overtake and defend. My my spirit animal, the honey badger, perfect. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the map itself, I, I we may have talked about it, but it uh, it's a it's a gun. It's it's also like a machine gun style. That's what we see. That's what I see. Um, turn one is is a is a quick hairpin, and then turn two is it's not even a turn. It's just a kink. Then it's O Rouge Radion straight and then it's just it's up the mountain on Eau Rouge and Radion and then it's essentially coming back down on uh, all the rest of the track and then start all over again um, as far as predictions I'm going to let Yancey start this one off the trendsetter the man who always gets them right yeah hmm I, you know I had, I had to think about this one because they are bringing 
the same compound tires that they brought to the first the British Grand yeah. Prix was the first race. Yeah. Um no, was it the I think it's the second race. By the way, they bring it in the Oh, the so, so the 70th anniversary. So So the 70th anniversary Grand Prix. Yeah, they're bringing those same tires. However, <laughs> here we go. I believe that Mercedes has gotten on top of that problem. And most importantly, I believe that Lewis Hamilton, as he mentioned before, has studied his tires. And it's not going to be as hot. So, unfortunately, we're looking at another Mercedes 1-2. And, of course, uh, Max Verstappen, uh, since it's not a high-speed track, but Verstappen can at least podium mm-hmm. is going to be Hamilton. Did you just say it's not a high-speed track? And Okay, okay. No, it is a high-speed track. So, meaning, I'm sorry, I meant to say it's a high-speed track, so Red Bull doesn't fare well in high-speed tracks. They fare well in more technical tracks. Uh, but it's Verstappen, and Verstappen has shown that he can keep up with the Mercs or at least Try. have a lonely race in third, which is probably what's going to happen. So we're going to have, you know, obviously, we're going to have Hamilton first, Botas, in not a close second, a few seconds behind, and then I think Max is going to have a lonely race, but we'll still podium. Ruben, I want to I want to cheat I want to yes, cheat off of you two's answers. Yeah, see before before I say what, what's your prediction for best of the rest? Mm, I think it's gonna be Racing Point. Um, but look, Racing Point is so far ahead of the midfield; they can't compete with with the Mercs as or even with Verstappen as far because they don't have good enough drivers to get it up to the podium. So they'll be re- best. Uh, and they'll be far away, best of the rest. But look for Renault. Renault always does good on high-speed tracks. I don't know why, what's the reason, but they always do well, I guess, because they 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 have a low-drag uh, low drag car. They always do well, so look for Danny Rick. And uh, Esteban Ocon is getting better to to have a good race as well. Yeah, but this is how I pretty much eye-to-eye with Yancy when it comes to uh, it'll be, you know, Mercedes one two. Lewis is gonna take us, you know. Bottas has to bring it to Lewis to be to at least finish a bend, you know, without any mishaps to finish in front of Lewis. So it'll be Mercedes one two. Lewis Bottas. I think I don't know. I mean, I would love the racing point to get a podium like Sergio Perez, but it'll be Max and Sergio Perez right behind, not far from there. And you, so I'm assuming best of the rest for you would be Sergio Perez then. So your person. If Racing Point were to get a higher caliber driver, then oh, come on. So here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say that it's going to be raining this weekend. I think it'll be a rain, ra- rain race. So that gives, obviously, you know, in Super Mario, it gives them the mushroom. That gives the mushroom to Lewis, <laughs> right, to, to Lewis Hamilton and to uh, Max Verstappen. I think they will be one and two. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. And then this is going to be the controversial one. I think that Sergio Perez shows out that power of the racing point car. I think, uh, I'm sorry, I think Bottas makes a mistake somewhere, beaches the car because it's raining, and then uh, somebody else capitalizes. Mm. Mm. Which will be Sergio Perez. Bottas doing that. No, Bottas is driving pretty good this year. I don't see him. So he's driving pretty good, but he's not. 
yeah. he's not getting the results. So I think that it'll be in his head. We had the video on YouTube. Uh, actually, I think last week. You guys check it out, obviously. Um, I think that he is in his head right now about what can I do to what can I do to get second place? Forget about winning the race. I got to beat Max Verstappen. Uh, if Verstappen does a rain event, he did a couple of years back where he was pretty much in the zone because he wasn't even taking the race. Brazil 2016. On the water. 2016. There you Brazil, go. Yeah. If it rains like that and Max is able to capitalize to that point, yeah, Max will take second place. <laughs> so he's going to drive an awesome race. He's going to do everything right, but he's going to get second place. <laughs> yeah, he's not going to be happy. Come on. I'm yeah. in another world right now, man. He needs he's to- not going to... He's he's not gonna be that Mercedes. He exactly. can be he both. Could be. Us, he could <laughs> beat uh, three out of four Mercedeses. Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's saying a lot, man. Yes, sir. That's saying a lot. That's a, that tells you the kind of driver Max Verstappen is, man. All right, boys. That pretty much. Is there anything else to add to this race? I hope it rains because it'll give us an interesting race, especially at Spa. Um, but other than that, man, I think it's just going to be a straightforward race. You know, just look at the midfield. That's where they're going to, the battles are going to be at. You're going to have, you're going to have the midfield battles. You're going to, it's going to be between Ferrari, the Ferraris, the McLarens and the Renaults. We'll see what happens from there. And obviously, you know, there's nothing else, man. This, this season is so predictable. The only thing that you can do is just look at the midfield to make it a little bit more exciting. And obviously follow Hamilton on his quest to history. I do got one. I do got something for this weekend. I would love to see another Sergio Perez power slide like he did a couple of years back. I don't even remember that, to be 100% honest. Look out for it. It's on YouTube. It's freaking awesome to see. We should put the link in the the show notes for that one. Okay. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. It's race week. Everything starts on Friday. Let's do it. Yes. Yes, sir. Let's, Let's go. do it. Yes, sir. Catch See you later. See you guys on Sunday. <laughs>